0: This song is shitballs famous. Welcome to Big Screen Auckland, episode 12. I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. Yeah, that's right. That's how you start it. Efficient, fast, thorough. <laughs> like a
1: Duncan Jones film. No, it's 10 seconds now. I oh, have it all done. Waffling. <laughs>
0: waffling. So we just came back from the Capitol Cinema on Dominion Road. What a sexy bloody little debut boutique art house cinema that is. The Chocolate Room. Oh, I'm in no, love. I can't think it's
1: too purple for chocolate. No, you're wrong. And... <laughs> had the saw... Cadbury bar, purple was the shiny outside, chocolate is the brown inside. Mm. I think that was closer to the wrapper.
0: Well, next time we go, I'll take a Cadbury bar and we'll stand on the wall and we'll see <laughs> if the middle or the wrapper looks more like the wallpaper. <laughs> anyway, we saw a double feature. Duncan Jones, a.k.a. Zoe Bowie, a.k.a. David Bowie's son. The capital manager, the new manager apparently. We're big fans, even though we don't know
1: anything about him. We're guessing. Maybe he hasn't even started yet. Fuck, whatever. <laughs> if, the, if he hasn't started, they don't need him. I Maybe think the it's the staff, just like... Fuck, we got no manager this month. Let's just play some cool shit. Yeah, yeah. No one else in Auckland to play the illusionist.
0: Mm, oh, yeah, exactly. We're just finishing a, a spiel about how good that cinema is. Nigel had a terrible time there with a the kid whose parents weren't looking after him, dancing around the bloody stage, doing star shapes on the on the actual screen.
1: Yeah, the screen reaches the ground at Capitol, and he, the kid was plastered on the screen trying to chase the characters. What a knob in. We were watching the movie projected on a little boy's back. Not we. <laughs> Me and Sawyer.
0: Anyway, so we saw a double feature. Moon was first, then Source Code, brand new film, Thriller, what's his name?
1: Jake Gyllenhaal.
0: Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, some other people. Jeffrey Wright from the Bond films, Winston off Broken Flowers, and Michelle Monaghan, is that her name?
1: Yeah. I love Vera Farmiga. Yeah. Turns out I love her from Orphan and The Departed. Oh yeah. You probably love her from The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Oh yeah. And Manchurian Candidate. Didn't see in Canada. Either of them. You remember I fell in love with Kerry Mulligan from the trailer of An Education? Yeah. <laughs> I'd already seen Departed and Orphan, but I fell in love with Vera from the Up in the Air trailer.
0: I'm really going to watch that, actually. Me I'm too.
1: There. Jeffrey Wright, uh, Broken Flowers, James Bond. Felix Leiter. Siriana. Yep. Good. W, I forgot. Yeah, he played yeah, Colin Fell. Yep. And Manchurian Canada. Oh, nice. Side track. I just want to jump in quickly Just uh, Spoiler alert I think Corey and I Are about to Say some stuff We probably shouldn't say To people who haven't Seen them yet
0: Yeah That's going to be a shame Moon I'm not so worried About spoiling it's, it's a 2009 film You really should have Seen it by now It's fantastic mm-hmm. But source code Is four days ago right Fuck it Spoiler warning For the whole Yeah week. Fuck it Repeat yourselves <laughs> But go watch it Because I love the hell Out of it Mm. i seen it before I saw a preview. This is the second time around. But yeah, like, I made I'll...
1: Corey wait three weeks for me to catch up. But uh, luckily he came with me on the catch up. Exactly. Didn't so... regret it?
0: No, no, definitely didn't regret it.
1: So just for those of you who don't know, it's Bowie's second film. Duncan, um, he, he wrote jokes. the first one. He didn't write this one. Oh, he didn't? From the writer of Species 3. Oh, that's right. I did read that in Jake's review. And Species 4. Yes, there were three and four. What Jake Gyllenhaal can warp into a dude's body for the last eight minutes of his life. And there's a bomb on a train and he's a soldier. He's yeah, they, they put they it.
0: put Gyllenhaal's mind in consciousness back to that morning's train ride and make him last the eight minutes in the body of someone else so he can use that body to look for clues and then zoom back forward to the afternoon the real world's already up to the afternoon and they've spent half the day looking for the killer and they keep sending Jake Gyllenhaal's consciousness back into this dude's time in the morning. He can choose to just sit there in that guy's body and have a chat to the girl in front of him or he can stand up and race and get the gun from the locked
1: guards room and interrogate some passengers. His job is to find the bomber. It was kind of neat because it was like playing it. I know I said on last week's show I hated video games and didn't understand why how you could play them when all the stages are so repetitive. I actually did used to love video games. This was sort of like that. You keep getting to repeat that stage and do it differently this time.
0: Yeah, to jump a second earlier means the swinging mace won't collect you from the ceiling or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. and he
1: was actually trying things. Like, he even wasted a few lives. Like, Mm. Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to try that and see what happens. Okay, cool. Well, I learned this lesson at least. Yeah, so it's Jake Gyllenhaal repeating this level. But at He's the same... on a train for eight minutes before it blows up. And by the way, the fuck kind of train was that? And why that Double dick came? of double-decker flash-ass. With a Dunkin' Donuts on board? Yeah, that was pretty flash. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt.
0: But there's only half of it. The other half of it is forward in the afternoon with his team of like army soldiers and scientists directing him he flashes back and he's like "Well, they're like who's the bomber who's the bomber he's like i'm confused and a bit alone who's the fucking bomber zap back you go for another eight minutes and there were as duncan jones does some deep moral considerations and things like that and and yeah i want to hear nigel's thoughts because this was on my top 10 i picked it out as duncan Jones' second film I was like top 10 this is going to be great this is going to be one of the films of the year What do you fucking think of it, bro? Spit it out.
1: Source Code is real cool, man. Yeah. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable film. Even from the
0: opening scenes with the helicopter flying overhead, the bird's eye view of the city and that super blue river, all the low helicopter shots flying into the train and then cutting inside. The explosion graphics weren't that bad. He keeps exploding after every eight minutes. Like It takes him a good half of the train to realize how to not die. But he doesn't (laughs) get a choice. He still goes back eight minutes. And they skip over. When they're like, how's it work? Jeffrey Wright gets to do his um, Professor Fink from The Simpsons-esque explanation oh there's some parallel universes and uh there's a synapses of eight minutes back in the track we can capitalize on those i can't do it but he, man jeffrey area, wright's awesome
1: jeffrey wright he, he actually puts in quite an effort for this i've never seen him act like this before if you've only seen him in james bond you might not be so much of a fan because he's so straight but then if you've seen him compared with like broken flowers all over the so place so different yeah this is it's a bit of this is different again, like he's, 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 kind leading, of a, he's a character le- actor. He's leaning on that crutch, he's got puffed out. Why did he have a crutch? Oh yeah, because he's never had... I'm not d- talking about an acting thing he goes to all the time, like Leo's frown. I'm oh yeah, yeah. He not has a physical a le- crutch.
0: Literally a crutch. Yeah, radical. He's never seen combat, we know that much. Mm. How good is it when just really subtly, I mean there's a couple of reveals at the very end where they show Captain Colter Stevens' body, didn't need it but to save it right to the end, so it doesn't matter, but like they really subtly show the entire time he interacts, he's in a little Capture when he's interacting with the science team through monitors, they're looking at him, he's looking at them. And 90% of the way through the film, you see her reading a screen,
1: and it's like, Oh, that's clever. Mm-mm. They were teasing it without even making it seem like a tease. Like, yeah. he just kept coming back into his little chamber, strapped into this chair. He had what heaps of trouble getting the buckle on done, just going, Where the fuck am I? And they just kept saying, Look, dude, it's not important. What you got to do is get this bomb off the thing. And he's like, Is this real? Am I dead? Is this a simulation? They wouldn't answer the questions but you were throwing Jake and us were throwing so quickly back into the action you'd forget those you weren't sitting there trying to go where is he though? It's not till the second half of the
0: film that you realise there's been two parts to the film then they start drawing it into that mode more
1: Yeah. into where he is because there's hot, like hydraulic fluid leaking everywhere he comes out of one eight minutes later and the thing's all fucking frozen he's got a frosty beard and shit and you yeah. just like what
0: is On the second time round when you watch it you realise that everything that's happening in there is part of his mind he can't unlock the buckle because he's not ready for it yet. Ah, right. Like, to fall to the deck of this control room and and look around and ask questions, he's got to be ready to... It's like his own internal blocks. It's all very clever. Right, because he's not actually there. Yeah, yeah, he's Mm. not there. His mind's like... Built it for him, mm-hmm. so he's got somewhere to live. He's a should we drop a spoiler? He was killed in the Iraq. And he We was, already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bigger spoiler. He's a helicopter pilot from Afghanistan. He's like, he must be in some horrible accident where he loses the lower half of his legs and half his brain survived, and he's got no arms. Mm-hmm. He's like a stumpy thing, and they've reported him dead. Even his father thinks he only got back ashes. He's probably like clinically dead, but they've hooked him up to life support, plugged him into a computer, and they yeah use his brain waves or whatever it is to go. Mm-hmm. And then they just gloss over. Oh, how's it go back in time? Uh, just never mind about that. Mm. We'll throw some sciencey words
1: at you. I was taken along for the ride. I was totally with it. When I watch films, I know you tease me for it, but I can't help but have a little mental tick box columns of good and bad. Oh, fuck, I love that. Yeah, that was a slight on it. I've got one thing in my bad side on this. Let's hear it, let's hear it. Russell Peters can't act.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I watched it the first time, I was like, who the hell they got this
1: comedian on the train? He's a shit actor. Turns out to be a comedian, so, <laughs> so fair enough, he's about to be and a shit look, actor. I'm a fan of the comedian. I read he was in it just the other day and thought, this is going to be awesome. Russell Peters is in movies now. He's such a funny comedian. I love his stage acts. Can't wait. Yeah. He was the one weak link in this. Which is a shame because everyone else on the train is perfect. The, yeah, and the, you've got this huge list of good. How good was the baddie? Yeah. I really liked that guy. Never seen him before. That's always a good idea, getting a baddie never seen it as before. opposed to kevin spacey in seven as
0: soon as he turns up it's like oh wow. well like, <laughs> i think at the time yeah kevin spacey was a bit of an unknown yeah. he was the
1: usual suspects guy that was a uh, multiple film spoiler alert <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he was the
0: usual <laughs> suspects guy who? who sees dead people bruce willis is the superhero and uh, samuel L. jackson <laughs> is the supervillain uh, yeah no nah. don't know why am not shaman had to be brought in a pod's
1: always going to go downhill when you bring <laughs>
0: Nah, Source Code's great, but totally different from Moon. Moon is like Duncan Jones's art house first film made at university. It's almost like the second one he gets a budget and he's like, oh, let me show you how it's done. Yeah. Not any better, certainly not better. I prefer Moon well over.
1: I'll go with that as well. Yeah, it was a very personal project. Writing and directing a debut is so fucking personal. Yeah. And you can really feel that in Moon. Whereas with Source Code, he's like, right, so I've proven myself to the world, I've got a career. Here's yeah. my first job. Here's a story I really liked, and good on him. It was a good story. Yeah. It's probably, uh, it's probably better than Species Four, I think. Probably slightly better. If you
0: had to compare it to a bunch of films, it's not Deja Vu, the Denzel Washington go back and save the fairy, or which is exactly probably what it's closest I to. See it. Uh it's very. This is a dude that like they've built a wormhole, and you can view through it. So sit in this chair and you can like look back in time. And he like yells at someone, Oh, well, I don't know how it works. He zaps back in time and next thing you know he's interacting with the time and next thing you know there's alternate timelines and he saved the day when he's not meant to. It's almost a direct rip off. Not really, I'd need to read the Wikipedia before I qualify that. I saw it once and wasn't paying any attention. But I didn't think about that. Yeah. It had a twelve monkeys ring to it. Coming back and being in his capsule and being sent forth to get information. But obviously weirder.
1: I would go further and say nothing's broken <clears> mind. <the point. throat> I hate the time travel genre. To do me this had an oh, really Wow, do. that's one
0: of my favorites. Have you seen Cypher? No, not Cypher. Um I yes,
1: can't remember. The only time travel one I could think thinking of that I liked like. was T1 and T2. Terminator 1 and 2. Back to the Futures are right. You know the one I mean Anything about the two else?
0: dudes the two dudes that invent portable personal units. They just lie in them and lie still for eight hours and time moves backwards and you sort of climb out of it.
1: Primer. Primer.
0: I love that. I did get it. If you got it, if you paid a lot of attention, it was very cool.
1: I should see that again, actually. Yeah. Big the thing I liked about the film, I'm back to Source Code. <laughs> Loved it. Loved the shit out of it. One thing I really loved about it, it's like two different fucking movies. And so he's got this thing going on, this fast-paced, heart-beating mission that you feel like you're in as well. He just keeps waking up on this train, going through the same thing. Lady spills coffee on his shoe. Ticket guy comes over. Like Groundhog Day. Repeating the same thing over and over. And he's trying to save the world and get the girl as well, Michelle Monaghan. Plus, he's in this other reality, trying to work out where the fuck he is, Why the fuck he has to keep going back there and blowing up and trying to communicate with Jeffrey Wright and Vera Farmiga, who are both doing their damnedest to not give him information. And he's sort of got a thing going with her as well. He's sly there, Jake. Not that it matters at all But I was a much bigger fan Of that half of the film Him in the chamber Talking to Vera Farmiga I think you meant She's to be lovely by the way
0: you meant to be I'm sure of it The part of the train That feels like he could have Got a second director I to didn't do care that. if he
1: ended up With Michelle Monahan or not Yeah I, I wanted, wanted to see him end up Yeah
0: with... I wanted to see Inside that capsule I was like Why well, isn't this more of a rom-com I want to see him end up With Vera Farmiga When she goes into that room And enters that code And Jeffrey Rush is trying to bash his way in there And he's sending texts To her from the future And, and you realise The capsule is his and and it starts expanding and contracting in the snow, and he's rewiring the screen to get out. Um, Jeffrey Wright's grabbing the mic and the camera and talking to him and telling him to fucking suck it up. And many soldiers would prefer the opportunity to continue to serve the country <laughs> up to <in> death. <debt." laughs> so good.
1: I gotta say, watching it for the first time, this is different because I'm talking from a, I just saw it just now for the first time. Yeah, you saw it three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah, I was hating it twenty minutes in. Not hating it. He went in for the third time. Oh, Fucking serious. Are they going to do this for a whole movie?
0: Is this um, Groundhog 8 Minutes? I'm getting, Groundhog
1: Day? I'm getting bored. That lasted about three seconds. Hang on. Okay, I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> the hydraulic fluid leaking out all over his chamber, and then the frost, and he's rewiring the screen, and fucking his beard's going frosty and shit. Yeah. I had zero idea what was going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was flailing as much as he was.
0: Yeah, I was like, what? This is a weird simulation they've got him in. He's the They need to keep him in this room.
1: Were there clues and shit? Are you still in the dark?
0: No, there is some clues. When it's frozen, they cut from his frozen chamber to like those guys, and it shows like things not syncing up. And Jeffrey Wright says, We can't do anything from this side. We can't help him. I've no idea what he's going through. Mm. That was a bit of a clue. When I watched it the first time, I was like, I wonder if that chamber's in his mind. Like, I wonder if he's then it actually tells him, yeah. He's like, you were half dead, and he's like, What do you mean half dead? I'm looking at my arms and legs, and they're like, No, you're not. You're imagining that. He's like, No, I'm looking at right now in the chamber, and they're like, We don't know what you're talking about. It gives you Bit more information, bit more information, bit more information, bit more information until it finally he reveals he's a computer. Yep. He's talking in lines. They cut to his body, it's a third of a body, for some reason with a spinal cord exposed. Um, <laughs> but still quite cool. And yeah, you realise they've just turned him into a computer. It's very weird. There's a consciousness wrapped in a computer and it like, it. Oh, they speed up the train so fast in the middle of it when the crux is about what's happening in the room. That's when you realise that the story is in the room, not the
1: train. Yeah. When they're they like, even had that one when they didn't even spend any time. When they goes
0: coffee, shoot, train, smile, explosion. And they do it like two times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Send him back. Coffee, shoot, train, explosion. And he's like, ah, oh, fucking, I need to. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. The second half of the world is much better. Who cares if the comedian makes them laugh? It was good getting the killer and a couple of things that went down. The army nurse yelling at him, that was nice. Yeah. And tough cool guy things. This doesn't end well for you <laughs> Yeah There were <laughs> some pretty funny lines in it. Michelle Monaghan Yeah I mean no, Nothing wrong with it But it started off All about the train
1: And then not giving you information And then slowly it faded Until it was all about the But it's just so cleverly balanced It's telling two fucking stories at once Yeah It's telling about a dude Who wakes up Strapped to a chair Just going Where am I And he's only got a screen to talk to And then he starts flirting And is a bad guy Not even a screen How good a scene is it When he's sitting
0: there going I, don't know, I can't remember I don't know who you are I don't know. She's like, Recall my name. No, 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 the fuck you're right. He's like, Okay, here comes five cards and he, he snaps. And you see his face when he he's like, Oh, okay, um, response memory Alfie Patton one. And then he looks at himself like, Where the hell did that come from?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that was very mature Like how they
1: teach you. How they
0: pull the consciousness back into the computer stream instead of waiting around, but they show it through.
1: I think Source Code was a fucking fun movie. Yep. And I could probably watch it twice. And I think everyone should see it. Yep. Jumping back through the year, I'd put it above Adjustment Bureau. Um, oh, yeah. Probably Limitless. Yeah. But it's those fast-paced, fun, little bit of thought chucked in there. One of those. Thinking Man's action film. There you go. That's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. However, Moon. Moon is a masterpiece.
0: Moon is the movie man's movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. Moon is fucking everything about it. Everything from those big six-wheeled, super large, tied buggies rolling around and no score, just rumble, rumble, rumble across the lunar How do you landscape. Film those moon
1: things? I've got no idea. Were they CG or were they models or were they? I hope they're models. Real life or? I hope they're models. <laughs> Man, the moon looks so cool. That base, the whole thing about it is that base. They could release it as a toy. A little
0: Sam Rockwell doll and a lunar base.
1: <laughs> One Sam Rockwell doll. Well, like... Uh, for those of you who haven't seen Moon, Moon's uh, Duncan Jones' first one, and it's Sam Rockwell's... Two to Force
0: performance. Sam <laughs>
1: Rockwell's, at the end of a three-year term on the moon, they harvest, now, 70% of the Earth's power comes from the dark side of the moon. Selenium-3 or whatever. But he lives up there in a space station by himself, except for his trusty computer, Gertie. Who you love
0: in the film the entire way
1: through. Yeah, played by Kevin Spacey, and those two hang around. I even loved, this time I noticed it the second time watching it again, the way Gertie changes rooms... He slides across the room and he gets the thing and he like clicks down and goes through the gap and then clicks around and slides back up and then continues his path. Yeah. They thought that shit out. And he's got two hands that rove independently. And he was filthy. He like had coffee stains all over him. He had like a little ashtray. He's utility. Yeah, man. And how much expression do they get out of that smiley face? There was uh, actually some fucking funny scenes when Sam would just say something and then it would just cut to Gertie and it'd just be like a sad face. You yeah. know exactly what that computer's thinking. Yeah,
0: Remember I didn't notice this time, but there was a sad face with a tear right at the saddest moment. Yeah. And man, that drives it home. I'm sorry, Sam. Sad face tear. Oh. <laughs> Deep Goethe. So Sam Rockwell's
1: Deep. been on the moon by himself harvesting things for three years.
0: His wife and daughter are waiting at home for
1: him. Massive beard. He hasn't got a live connection. He... He has to just send messages back and forth that take a couple of days and shit. He's going a bit crazy. He's talking to himself. Talking to his his plants,
0: blah, blah, blah. Talking to his his plants, building
1: models. And then you find someone, and shit gets fucked up. He finds someone? All of a sudden, he's not alone.
0: Well put, well put.
1: Moon is a fucking masterpiece, it's brilliant a, film. It's a goddamn
0: fucking masterpiece. It's yep. incredible. Everything about it. Sam acting with Sam, the ping pong scene, uh, the lunar base, we said, Gertie, how simple his job is. The tight time frames around it, the whole thing really happens over like 14 hours, and then a fort, you know the like fortnight flies by, and then the last 14 hours, they figure shit out. Oh, so good, the way he degrades, decomposes.
1: Yeah, I have real trouble with that stuff. You know, when teeth are coming out and he's, and he's like spitting up big... F- he can't walk anymore. He's he's constantly yeah vomiting blood into the toilet and he's. I really struggle with that stuff. When the character feels weak and terrible, if it's filmed right, oh. I feel weak and terrible. When he's
0: in bed freezing, man, you feel sorry for him. Yeah. You want
1: to get him some chicken soup or something. So maybe <laughs> this isn't like a Carrie Mulligan film that I watch every day before I get up. This is I'll watch it once a year and love the shit out of it it's and feel sick.
0: <laughs> just the sound of the moon and the rovers, the stones flying and the mutedness of it all. And uh, I reckon, you know what? I would do that,
1: job. I reckon. You'd go mad. What if there's no liquor? <laughs> <laughs> but they got a whole, like, second bay. What else are you, you going to put there? Forbidden deck. Can't they just fill half of it? Remove that? all <laughs> the
0: clones and re- fill it with beer. Moon's incredible. Go and watch it. Go and rent it. It's at your DVD store. Yeah. After you see Source Code.
1: The source Code's the fun one. Moon's the one that's going to stick with you. Yeah, it's I so, okay, so what do you think about Duncan Jones, then? What's he going to do next? You can't, like, pin him already, can you? Because you, Duncan... do you can't pin him and say, oh, this is his trademark. Um, you can't uh, pin okay, him. Okay, I'll tell
0: you what, you can pin it At some stage, he'll make a phone call to a family member when he's not really meant to. Well done. He could be Danny Boyle. Maybe his trademark is great films. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice in Tracker that there was no director? Did you look for the director? Had you heard of the director?
1: No. you Didn't you say something about he, like, did, like... You worked on Gloss like 30 years ago or something yeah some shit like that gloss. even a UK
0: <laughs> show exactly it was bizarre who the fuck knows Gloss it was bizarre was and I was looking for his name in the credits and couldn't find it what, ah right, right. What do you think of it?
1: Of Tracker, what did I think of Tracker? Yeah, I come from a different point of view, bro. Because I you're down with the Maori scene. I'm excited for that stuff. Oh, it excited you, or you? I went in there to be excited. And yeah. It worked to some degree. Was there much? There was enough for me. You wouldn't think of that, like you said, this is a UK council film. Yeah, it's not a Maori film. But he spoke quite a lot. And you're right, man. He didn't need subtitles. Yeah, totally. Whenever did. he it's spoke, good. because he actually spoke like blah 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 blah. Which means, (laughs) of course you don't need subtitles.
0: Yeah, it was very emphatic.
1: I loved the road movie side of it. The Tim and Ray. Woody Woody banter, comedic road buddies. Yeah, I loved it. On and off. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was good. I loved all the tracking shit. Yep. He snapped this. That means he went this way. Oh, there's a little bit of powder in this water. He made shoes. Clever boy. However, it was encased in the dumbest, Fucking backstory I've ever seen. That setup, racist guy, stables, on the run. All of that shit was like a children's book for adults. Yeah. Dopey as. What about the lead bad guy? You know, that turns up in the hunt halfway through. I think I've seen him before a Mr. Men or something. He was a cartoon. Even his sideburns were a cartoon. They found him in a stable with a prostitute. All of it was just so stupid, bro.
0: What did I um what did I say? I recall saying something like. I tweeted it and I said, the Q&A with Tim and Tor Fraser was fucking excellent. Tracker wasn't that bad either.
1: <laughs> I'm going to guess I liked it more than you did. Partially because of the Maori content and I love seeing Maori shit big on the screen. And actually, here's the point. I loved it that the Maori was on screen and in focus without being the focus. This wasn't a movie to teach you about Maori stuff. This was a chase movie, a buddy movie, a road movie a hunter movie one of the characters happened to be Maori that's why I want to pat this film on the back that's perfect don't make him this is about Maori dim
0: what about then at the end the last you know weird sort of when he's like I've got to go to the cave of my ancestor if
1: he was a fucking Eskimo if he was a boa himself or yeah. something they would have had something they had to do at the end to me it took nothing away from it I was totally happy and I, and I was glad to see it especially that haka I, I did enjoy the haka the haka in the bush on the waterfall yeah. or the one and On the waterfall, yeah. Yeah that's pretty good because what I what about the twist, twist
0: ending then? I like seeing films before you yeah, this is good. The twist? It had, I don't, I don't it had like zero effect
1: on me. I didn't hate it, I didn't notice it. You know what? I'd already forgotten it. That's fine.
0: What about the scenery? Could you tell it was like went from Auckland Yeah. Up to fucking the Waikato, then down to Greenstown. No I'm a
1: dunce, man, when it comes to New Zealand geography. Oh, yeah. And all the, like, beautiful music. Ze- you know the Major yeah. calls him uh, Ray to his house, right? And they're sitting at a picnic table. Yeah. Those stairs going up to his house. In the background, behind Major's head... I know the
0: stairs. I watched them closely. I was trying to yeah. think, where is this?
1: You could see the grass didn't reach the steps. It kind of clumped its way towards the steps. There was a tree and it had these massive roots that were sticking out and kind of wobbling about the place and had grass growing over those. All of that, no other country. You could shoot that same shot in a hundred different countries. And you'd still know which one of them was New Zealand. To me, that was... A quintessential type man, Yeah, you? it shot to his face. I took a 0.2 of a second look in the background. Saw how the grass reacted the tree. Yeah, I loved it. They walked to the water and you see the horizon. You see the clump of islands. How many countries have got islands? Yet, yeah, this is a recognisable... That's yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, I know this place That was cool
0: And last week you were going on Not going on But I think you mentioned Ray Winston You're like Has he got the accent? I can only picture him Doing a London tough guy What do you think of his
1: bull? I thought it was pretty spot on He still did his gravel It didn't matter he still, <laughs> Ray Winston was still Ray Winston He's real still And people go Yeah but you're a cock Because of these three reasons And they look at him And he just like Broods at them Like he's got his little eyes His red puffy face And he just looks at them, his mouth wobbles a bit. And then when he finally comes out with a sentence, it's really deep and gravelly. Yeah. It was Ray exactly Ray. the same. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it had an accent. But he was Ray Winston. He didn't answer. He didn't have snappy one-liners. He, Oh, man. Yeah, he's deep in thought. The only problem with it was, Ray being so cool made Tim look too big. And I like Tim. You think Tim showed up as overacting? Yeah, I think Tim overacted, yeah. I think Tim is a handsome, solid motherfucker. Perfect multi specimen to have on screen. I mean, he was witty. He was delivering yeah, punchlines. Yeah,
0: Once yeah, for Warriors. Don't bring that up. It's embarrassing. That's his masterpiece.
1: Do you know what? I'll watch it the next week. That's my mission. Do it. To Do the listeners.
0: It. It's that good.
1: However, that's not for 13. That's for 14. On episode 14, I'll have watched Once of Warriors and I'll let you all know.
0: Yeah, I must have re rewatch, so I can be saving the conversation. That's I incredible. like Tim
1: and I think Tim did great in a lot of scenes. Especially when those two were scrapping. Tim was incredible. And Tim seemed witty. Tim seemed wise. Tim seemed... Like, he could handle himself in the bush. But I've seen Tim in some dumb shit, man. I've seen him in... Barbed Wire and... Speed 2 Wow I haven't seen Either of those Those weren't like, Seven
0: Days and Seven Nights With Harrison Ford No This
1: is fascinating Keep going
0: I'm only pulling These up. I've seen Seven Days and Seven Nights I've seen Speed 2 Cruise Control I've seen Like barbed wire Out of the corner Of my eye Like never watched it Tor Fraser brought these up Mid Q&A To give him shit Because <laughs> he's like His uncle or his Cousin or something Like that And it was like Oh uh, so you've Done some um, You know you've Been Jake the Must and you've Also uh, barbed wire And Speed <laughs> two good control and uh Tim shot back with him it was like yeah it was it was pretty good working with Harrison Ford you know whatever <laughs> name the... is <laughs> Yeah shot him back you know
1: I wouldn't have used any of those titles because I haven't seen any Yeah know. they were my go-to joke titles. I know him from Star Wars Two. Star Wars Two, yeah, Jungo. And
0: You like that? How fucking fast was that? Jungo Fit baby. Yeah. Took me
1: one second. <laughs> ah, yeah. Geek. I think you just scored <laughs> yourself another five girlfriends from the air audience. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Blueberry? No, I've never heard of it. A sci fi western. Oh. Starring. my
0: New Yorker. But a big, but a.
1: From memory, yeah. someone's going to totally prove me wrong. Starring Vincent Cassell.
0: Vincent Cassell, the uh, director of the choreographer and uh, Black
1: Swan. Michael Madsen, <coughs> Michael Madsen.
0: Yeah, I can't do his voice, but you could call Michael Madsen.
1: Species 2, Michael Madsen. <laughs> and the Indian chief is Timura Morrison. A dreadlocked Temure Morrison, if I recall. Wow. It's a French sci-fi western. I thought the track was cool. I had some massive problems. I thought setup and everything was just cartoonishly bullshit. Especially the bad guy. All that racism they tried to chuck in, that wasn't adult. It was so fucking childish and lame. Also, maybe this isn't the best time to bring it up. I don't know, maybe, maybe I've said this too many times. That digital filming was ugly as fuck, bro. Every time they went into the dark, whether they're in the cave, whether they're in the stables...
0: You hear those sirens? How fucking rude. I wonder, if they can't, that's going to sound really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, keep going. No, they usually can, actually.
1: Oh, right. Right. If they're listening to headphones. Well,
0: you headphone audience, sorry about
1: those sirens, carry on. Every time it went dark... Everything was grainy. Then I'd try and fix it by lighting a fucking torch or a campfire or something. Yeah. And the red would overpower the darks. It was ugly. It clashed. It was, yeah. Digital, you suck. And I hope... This is in the future. I hope this is a temporary glitch Can you between. Do some research
0: and find out what it was filmed on, because it might have been filmed on a five D, like what we're using for the forty hours, versus the fucking red one, which is the biz. You know, the tinted uh, camera. Yeah, it could
1: be. However, I had the same problem with you know with other stuff, cold weather, which proved it was filmed on the red and didn't help. Chop down. chop down Red, I reckon. Maybe. Could be. As a wrap-up, I really enjoyed the camaraderie. I think there was a lot to be had with Tim and Ray. Tim was a bit big, but Ray's accent was spot on. I think the two of them did really well together. But my only problem was, there was some dopey writing. The whole intro, the whole outro, all the setups, all the backstories was just dopey writing. And it went right through the whole thing. Even to the point when Ray was tracking Tim, the two of them were talking to themselves in the bush. Fucking lazy. So you're still watching me, huh? Or whatever. You're just like, don't talk to the audience. Don't panic to us. That's lazy, man.
0: It's been through production hell and somehow came out. I
1: blame this all on the screenwriter. To me, the screenwriter had written a cool road movie, chase movie, hunt movie, between two characters, and he'd had those two characters... Sorted out all their backstories. Gave it to the studios, and the studios were like, yeah, but you got to have an intro, you got to have an outro, you got to have a middle bit. Fine. Right, right, right. There. Yeah, done. Adequate. And you could tell when he was just rushing to go, I just want to eat this cauliflower as quick as I can to get to the roast pork. Get through this bit to get to that.
0: Yeah, good analogy. Similarly, what did you call it? Remember, I can't remember the name of the film, was it with Teardrop? Bomb. Winter's Bone. So Winter's Bone, before I went and saw that, I was thinking it was going to be a bush trekking film, which I said was a sub sub genre. And there's one starring like Danny Glover or something. Dudes that go up in the mountain and looking for someone. There's a it's a sub sub genre. Tracker
1: fell beautifully into that. <laughs> What's that one? Or oh, Ice T is homeless and he gets given a massive cheque. If he runs from yeah um, bounty hunters or
0: like paid yeah, yeah, yeah. paid human hunters. What is that called? no I was thinking more the one where they're like up in the trail and there's a couple of them are FBI and some of them are trying to get away and tracker was good who's gonna go see it people that want to see a bit of moldy on film people that want to see a bit of NZ nature or Tim fans Ray Winston fans perhaps
1: Ray Winston fans go definitely I would say people going to look for a strongly moldy film probably this isn't the one this yeah. isn't going to save you but if you want to see Modi <laughs> as fitting in as a character. This character could be anyone and they've chosen him to be emphatically Modi. I reckon this is great. This is like an equality thing. He didn't need to be Modi, but he was. And why not? Good on them.
0: Yeah, added a lot more to the film. You saw the results of the cinema census that uh, Timson and Flix and shit did. Hi. Uh, did you read them as well, in depth? Yes,
1: I poured through them.
0: Nice. Is this story Kiwi enough to annoy those that said, I don't want to see Kiwi content in fucking NZ films? Did you read that? Because I'm with those people. No, this was, a UK, no I, I me, agree. this was a UK
1: Council film.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because we were midway through recommending people when I had that thought. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend this to people that want to watch an NZ film or a film set in New Zealand
1: that doesn't ram NZ down your throat. It's just a really good location. The Māori Tanga was not really included in it that much. It was a side character. They had two characters, and one of them was this, and one of them was this. It didn't really matter what they were. Wa- if you were like, oh, I'd like to watch uh, a film about the Boer people. Zulu, man, watch that fucking film. This wasn't really a film about that, just as it wasn't a film about Maori people. Yeah. I loved it because of that, but I would have loved it if it didn't have that either. Good cool. I wouldn't use the word love. I wouldn't use the word love either. So I, <laughs> I love the road movie sections of it. It was like... Three 20-minute sections. They were awesome.
0: No, that's an hour. Good call. Next up.
1: Anyway, there we go. That's Source Code, Moon, and Tracker. Fuck yeah. Before we move on, Corey, I want to do a quick brag. Go. If you Shoot. Don't mind. Now, I know you're not looking forward to Your Highness next week. You've given me maybes, but you seem pretty tentative.
0: No, man. I am looking forward to it because it's the dude from Pineapple Express.
1: He's bounded down and shit.
0: Yeah, the medieval stuff... They can't do too badly. Comic Express was a stoner comedy set in an action film. I imagine this is a stoner comedy set in a castle action film. Like they're just that would out. be pretty, pretty That would be good.
1: But as far as you shitting over every comedy of the year so far, like, how was your
0: <laughs> This is, if you want to know how excited Corey is about Your Highness, I'm bothering to go to it. That's the market's reached. Yeah. Where I'll spend money on it.
1: I would like to sell you on Arthur.
0: Oh, I'd like to watch Arthur.
1: I know it's early in the year. We're not even halfway through yet. But I've got my three favourite comedies of the year. Let's hear it. The Kids Are Alright. The Lesbian One. Family Drama Rom-Com. Ruffalo. Tucker and Dale. Ooh, nice. Horror gore comedy. I think that will be pushed out by something in the fest. Absolutely, oh. and Arthur. I'm putting Arthur there, bro. This is a remake of the 80s, Dudley Moore rom-com. This might be a remake that works, but I've never seen the original, so I'm, I'm just totally fucking guessing. But this is, had Dudley Moore as a millionaire playboy, now it's got Russell Brand taking in the reboot. It's got a Russell brand. Nice. But apart from being a millionaire playboy, I really liked his alcoholic side. He's very, very fucking (laughs) funny. He's throwing shit away left, right, and center, just... He trails off. The way Russell Brand just trails off. And he's so stunted in his beak. And he just throws in so many. That is the funniest shit I've ever heard. Basically, it's a story about his. He's a multi squillionaire His mum gives him an ultimatum. You either have to marry bitch-faced Jennifer Garner. Or lose your cartoonish wealth. But he's fallen for a normie. Uh-huh. He, he met a chick at the train station that he falls in love with. So he, he's maybe thinking of chucking in his ridiculous wealth. I think it was a waitress in the first one. Oh, was it? Helen Mirren plays his nanny, who I believe actually was male in the original?
0: Yeah, there was a male nanny. There was the the woman you had to marry. There was uh, the parents pushing him into it or someone pushing him into it saying, if you don't, you lose your ridiculous wealth. Mm. They made a sequel of Arthur. I wonder if there'll be a sequel to the Russell Brand one. Brother, can you spare $25 million or something or $250 million? That was the name of it Arthur Two on the rocks And he was holding a sign He was out of money The first film he's like Here's all your money We'll take it away The second film He marries like Liza Minnelli Or some shit Moves in with her
1: And loses all his money this one, he hasn't got a dad. He's got a mum pushing him into it to marry a chick. He's yeah. got a very menacing dad, Nick Nolte, but he is served day and night by his nanny, who I think was a male in the first one. Yep, definitely. And This one's Helen Mirren. And it was
0: always someone and very a old. Total fucking dopey. Wow, I did. I thought you liked Luis Guzmán.
1: No, the character. Oh, the character. Ah. About, ah. Yeah, who is brilliantly played by Luis Guzmán? Yeah. Louis Guzmán. Louis Guzman. Luis Guzmán. <laughs> <laughs> But dude, this is brilliant for Helen Mirren. For Dame Helen to be cutting people down, to be this venomous, and have such a fucking camaraderie with the brilliant Russell Brand. Those two are brilliant together. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. He's got a love interest. Sure, that's the story. And she's fine. She really is fine. And Louis Guzman is fine. Uh This is a Russell Brand versus Helen Mirren movie. And it's fucking hilarious. Another one I've seen, maybe I've already talked about this, maybe I haven't, I can't remember, but I just wanted to go a bit deeper on The Illusionist, not the Ed Norton thing with, um, who else was in there? not
0: and... No, this
1: is, uh, The Illusionist, this is the French animated thing by the guy who bought us, uh, triplets of Belleville. It looks just like Triplets of Belleville, and this is, um, about a downer's like, magician in the 50s, and he's taking any job he can, weddings and parties and stuff, he takes one in the Scottish Highlands, and he meets a little girl, little girl, she's probably in her yeah she sees him do magic he magics her up a pair of shoes he doesn't really he buys them from the shop and conjures them yeah he's an illusionist hence the title of the movie she thinks he's a real magician and so she like quits her job and just moves in with him just follows him around and then it becomes a real depressing movie about um, him getting part-time jobs to support this habit of feeding her gifts yeah. And it's a real downer. However In Scotland. No, they just that's where he meets her. He right. travels around Britain doing little crappy stage jobs with him as Magic Cat and his rabbit. Yeah. But it's amazing to look at. There's so much fucking talent on screen. It's like the most Gorgeous piece of moving art you could possibly ever see. Like, this thing is totally, like, up there, number one. And all the character design is brilliant. They've got singers, like, in the start. He has, like, a Beatles rock band come out. Then, um, after his show, he has, like, a, a really skinny, like, French singer girl come out. And her bones are, like, her shoulder bones are sticking out above her ears and shit. Like, not yes, quite, no Yeah. <laughs> then he goes to a party and it's like, this big... You know, busty, obese, fucking Viking opera singer and shit. Like, the designs are just like, you'd never design shit better than this. This is not a kid's film. At one stage, the two of them move into, uh, like, a hotel for stage people. There's an alcoholic ventriloquist. There's a suicidal clown who gets a shit beat out of him on the street. They meet a drunken Scotsman. And it's basically, this film is a love letter to the death of showbiz. like, Do you remember way back in the 50s When showbiz died Stage acting Stage performers died Do you remember that Do you remember how much that sucked Do you remember how much that hurt you know Do you, what you remember about- what a great gap We've got in our life now Yeah well here it is again In your face
0: uh, Do you know what Bordeaux Yeah I'd like that to make a resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Imagine if you could go to your local pub, it cost you ten bucks to get in, you'd buy two or three pints and what you do on stage do everything. Yeah. Mime, crack some jugs, sell some product on whatever, everything. Do some flips. Rather
1: than watching the netballs on for another half hour, then the rugby starts, if a dude was just juggling fish in front of my table, that would be much better. Yeah. However, if you did like those juggling guys, this film is a slap in the face. You can remember this? It's gone! It's dead! And here's why. Because of these adult themes and the amazingness of the animation, like literally the most amazing I've ever seen, I think. I really wanted to love it. But you know what? It's kind of dull. This is the second time I've seen it. I saw it back uh, last year in the film festival. Yep. I thought I got drowned in festival fatigue, which oh. I go on about quite often. If you're seeing four or five or six a day, one in the middle might get lost and you're just like, man, I didn't enjoy that. There's no reflection that really on the... Dull. Yeah, exactly. Alas. I think the problem with it, though, this shouldn't have been animated. It's a subtleties of a 60 plus year old man living with a maybe a 20 year old girl. They don't speak the same language. She speaks Gaelic or whatever. Yeah. He speaks French, they're living in England, they can't communicate, so the film's silent, I mean, dialogue-free, and he's trying to explain to her the intricacies of, I'm a conjurer, not a magician, magic isn't real, these are tricks, if you live with me, you need to get a job without dialogue, and it doesn't work. And it's frustrating. It's depressing. They shouldn't have animated it, man. They should have just filmed it. It would have been beautiful. Yeah. However, you should see it because it exists. It's an amazing piece of art. That's your
0: recommendation?
1: They should see it because it's alive? And know that you're not going to enjoy it.
0: I was going to say, next thing we we'll have to recommend them see Skyline. Or but
1: please don't not see it. Because you've never seen a film that looks this fucking Compare detailed. it to something
0: other than Triplets of Belgium. I can't, man. What about... Um... I don't even want to know. Disregard that line of questioning.
1: I saw a Chinese ghost story. Yep. Uh, which I was excited about because it, it looked like it was effects filled and it was from the director of the two It Man movies. And I believe my words were somewhat childish and sadistic when I said I'm looking forward to hearing that it sucked. So. Yeah. For a start I just want to open this by saying that I gave the plot details last week. I said it was a remake of the 1987 Hong Kong film i was totally wrong yep whatever i gave it something about a taxpayer and a priest going to the underworld to fight for a ghost soul or something yeah none of that happened this is about a council guy coming to a mountain village that's to, pretty close to so to solve their water problems um he heads up into the mountains which are demon filled they take a bunch of prisoners to fight off the demons um, they find a temple with the water source all the demons... Chicks, by the way. All the demons are chicks. All the demons attack them, try to have sex with the dudes, and then they just suck all their life energy out through their lips, and you give it to their boss chick. But this one guy falls in love with a demon, and then a bunch of demon hunters show up, and they slice and do magic and do f- do ridiculous bullshit that's just Things I would have hated? Watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, this is a um, miss? This pales compared to Lost Blazeman? Yeah, forget it. This thing was terrible. But I'm not going to hate on it. Like, Like I did with The Butcher the Chef Swordsman, or a woman, a gun, and a noodle shop, or even Shaolin. Yeah, this just wasn't for me. This was relationship dramas between demons and humans, and everyone had magic. It's magic, it's CG. It was in the cinema. Did it go down well? Yeah, no, it went down well. Oh, yeah. The problem was, though, here's the second part of my review. Subtitles were fucked.
0: Oh no, that's terrible.
1: Yeah yeah. It's not often you see one of those in the cinema, but this one was just like, How am I greatish is what painful. Okay, I got enough keywords to know this must be what it's like watching something in your second language. You're just grasping for Facial expressions. putting it together. And keywords. I am pleasure to do business. I know what pleasure means. I know what business means. Okay, he must be They're, mean they're friendly, shaking hands and swapping cards. Yeah. That guy's smiling. They must mean that.
0: He's standing up now and leaving. And the other guy's ringing somebody.
1: I wrote down just one he ridiculous leaves. exchange. A dude does a, a demon like flies over him. He like swings his sword around in a magic concoction. The subtitle said Hocus Pocus. I'm pretty sure that's not a direct translation. The ghost said you scare the hell us out Then you write this down and do be the best. Of and the best. he said you really scare of dying. Fucking hell, that's actually pretty shit.
0: You know what that's just laziness. They've they've not shown that to one westerner.
1: Yeah. Before they've
0: released it. Anybody, anybody. How hey, does this work? No, no, my God, no. Yeah. That's direct translation.
1: English doesn't work that way. You need a lot of <laughs> filling words. Yeah, the audience, the audience loved it. Good.
0: On. So, uh, Chinese ghost story, hey? Craig just got back from China. Um, he was over there for business. He got back Saturday morning and rocked on over to my place Saturday afternoon. And he was all, let's go to film. And I was all. Fast and Furious 5, man. Jack is coming. So we three rocked on to St. Luke's. Left nice and early. Got there. Line was out the motherfucking door. Saturday night, I had a two-for-one voucher. All that cattle class directional lines at the bank shit. That was all packed to the gunnels. But we got in. Film was good. Film was really good. It wasn't, a, you know. I was looking forward to, it to be to be worse than I thought. It was fine. It was really good. worse than was, you
1: thought because you've seen the rest of the franchise. I've seen one when they came out. That was phenomenal. I'll admit, I you missed haven't... two, three,
0: four. No, I just haven't got to them yet. You wouldn't have had to watch the previous four. I think I've seen three of the previous four, but you don't have to have watched them. Standalone story, The Rock comes in, the same old driving, the same old scenes that the other ones have, but done really well. Good action scenes, bit of intrigue, I mean there's some random shit and a lot of family and hugging and it was like um, Gone 60 Seconds, that sort of thing. A team of people working to pull off something, see that Angelina going the bad guys get closer. Yeah, it was really good. You can see why it's at the extreme top of its box office. It's perfect for cinema attendees.
1: It's really, really good. Did you say? Yeah,
0: on the scale that I'm rating it
1: on. Does that make it better than Tracker and Source Code?
0: No, no, no. That's for people that would
1: consider which, going which, to see it. Which scales are you? That's
0: on the Fast Five scale and the movies of a
1: similar ilk to Fast Five. And the I movie... have no idea what you're talking about. So far this week, we're up to four you've seen. It beats Moon, Tracker, Source Code, Tracker, Fast Five. It beats
0: Tracker, but on the scale of the films it's like. It's not trying to compare to moon. It's not trying to compare the source code. It's not trying to even compare to Tracker. However, if you're thinking, man, should I go to that new Fast Five film? All fifths in franchises are shit. You could say, no, man, because that Batman is theoretically like the seventh. And that was great. It was a reboot. It was done really well. This is a good film. This is
1: actioning. There's SWAT teams. To say it's, you put it above Tracker shocks the shit out of me. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I enjoyed it way more than Tracker. Wow. It was nearly, um, not nearly, but it was like, it was trying to be heat, perhaps. Action stuck with home stuck with, no, that was ridiculous. It was good action. There's no effects in that. It's all very realistic. Card chases. I mean, the last, the very last thing was a bit comical. You
1: should see it. I really don't think I should. I haven't seen the first four. This one looks laughably bad.
0: Oh, you haven't seen the first four? Maybe not. I wasn't excited about this. I went because I had a two for one. I enjoyed it more than the first one. Way more than the second one. Way, way more than the third one. Didn't see the fourth one. The fifth one was like a standalone film. The fifth was like Mission Impossible 3 compared to 2. It was good.
1: There you go. That's a good analogy.
0: It's the sequel that's coming. It's the end of a franchise that comes out better than the sum of its parts. You don't have to have seen the 1, 2, 3, 4. You would enjoy 5, even though you, I'm didn't, gonna watch even though you didn't know the characters. Final
1: Destination 5. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. I would never watch a Final Destination film. Oh my god, it sounds fucking terrible. This was good. This had a scene straight out of Clear and Present Danger, which is a Tom Clancy, Harrison Ford film, which has like a convoy taken down, like four cars driving. It's been repeated many times. Four cars will drive down the street. A dude will appear on the roof with a rocket launcher and explode the first car. Can't go past. Then another dude will appear on the roof with another rocket launcher and explode the last car. And then you've got like a trap. It was even in Con Air. They used that. It was a trap. That's my leg like, bar. It was good. It had good driving. crap police. This sort of shit. Machine gun fights. Running over favela roofs and so forth. The Rock punching Vin Diesel. Special effects.
1: Trains. Short skirt. Titties. Two guys in the car going. We love each other bro. We're back together again. Did you ever see Romeo Must Die? Do you know there's a subgenre of
0: fucking black rappers and hip-hop and kung-fu dudes? There's like one where they steal some black ice, there's a big heist one, there's whatever. And this one, there's like ludicrous. Ludicrous is awesome in this. I recognise it from one of the other films. It's like the last of a series where they bring all these people together and it's a heist film. Yeah, Fast and Five is good. But obviously, nobody's going to go to it. It's a film about car chases and robbing from the cops and oily muscles and singlets and short skirts. Like, if you hate all those things, it doesn't matter whether it's good. It's good of stuff you hate. So,
1: bro, as I mentioned last week, um, there's a shit ton on. Yeah, it's actually a lot on. Catfish.
0: Incredible. We covered this off it's, the World Cinema Showcase. incredible. Yeah, it
1: we is. We covered it off. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: Water for Elephants, which um, I'm going to see from the director of Constantine and I Am Legend with um, Colonel Hans And and, and uh,
0: Team Edward from Twilight. Boy, well, done, his name well done. Well
1: done. The third one I mentioned last week, I'm kind of embarrassed about. It was called Bert Burke and Hair. And Hair. Birkin here with Simon Pegg and Andy Serkis' grave I was remaking a 70s horror. They've remade it as a black comedy. Um, and I was like, oh, I knew Bill Bailey's in it. Oh, I'm Steve Merchant and fucking Ronnie Corbett. This thing has been getting slaughtered.
0: Yeah, you said you saw the. Um...
1: So I went to the. Yeah, yeah, but I've seen it now with an audience. Have you seen it? I've seen the trailer oh. with an audience. All oh, right. And watched the laughs. But here's the joke. You've got to concentrate. I concentrated on a fart once and shat all over myself. The audience, they thought, this is the, what, what day does this start? You know me, I watch everything. Nice I've cancelled this. I'm not watching the scene. I'll
0: either. put a tiny dude back into Fast Five. There is a scene, they get access to a police bathroom to break into the safe next door. And they do that by placing like dynamite in the sewer and it blows up sewage out of the toilets. While a guy's sitting on them. That was the audience that I watched Fast Fives with, favorite scene. An hour and a half of action thrills and spills, and they laughed the loudest and the longest at first. Poo coming up out of the. Anyway, the audience fucking loved it, and I was like, oh, kill me now. Yeah. Why is it. Fecal jokes get the best laughs. What the fuck is wrong with
1: people? What? Are you trying to tell me you can do funnier than farts or poos? We'll find out next weekend, live with. <laughs> <laughs> However, coming out this week, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Corey, this is about um. I haven't got much to say about plot and details, but this is the on the search yes. for Founding Youth. But this is a uh, no longer. There's
0: going to be a Founding Youth. Orlando
1: Carnacke, Bloom, and Kira Carnacke, nightly Are they gone? This is awesome actor Johnny Depp. Concur. Awesome actor Penelope Cruz, awesome actor Jeffrey Rush, and awesome actor Ian McShane from Deadwood. Uh-huh. Four awesome actors. It looks awesome. It will be
0: the highest grossing of the year.
1: I haven't liked many of the other ones.
0: <laughs> I watched the first one. I recall that being good. I can't remember. Parts the annoyed me being too kidding. I think there was a second one that had like weird thrills and spills and it seemed more
1: more quirky than Benny Hill almost I'm not... Yeah so I'm definitely I'm watching it by myself If you're not watching Parks, 4 motherfucker, right, you're watching Brighton Rock
0: Ooh, Pinky Okay, I don't love. What have you heard about this? Because I've heard it pff,
1: not too good. I've heard exactly the same stuff.
0: That's rough, man.
1: Sam Riley, uh-huh. who played the lead singer of Joy Division and Control. Uh-huh. With Helen Mirren, who's amazing Dame. always. Have you seen the quote? Dame Helen. Not yet.
0: Oh, watch that. So Brighton
1: <clears Rotten throat> Rock's about a young gangster who's just taken over a gang. He commits a murder, and I think a working class person sees him do the murder so he like cracks onto her in a major way to think if I can romance the shit out of this maid girl, then I can convince her not ever to talk. You know what? He's a rocker. In the mods and the rockers. I can't remember. The book in the first movie, uh, 30s. Oh, yeah. This has been updated to the mods and the rockers.
0: Because there's a scene. I was, in the trailer, all I've, all I've really thought about it, other than this, it looks quite cool. I'm saddened to hear that it's getting bad reviews. I want a film of this to be good. It looks really good. And there's a scene where they're all on nifty fifties. And I thought to myself, Quadrophenia. Wow. Did you see Quadrophenia? I, I don't like know. Yeah, I don't know. I like films sitting there.
1: Sting? Quadrophenia? Quite possibly.
0: All I know about Quadrophenia is I've got the poster and it's fucking awesome.
1: And Sting's in it. Yeah, I think I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Run, go, go. This week uh, coming up, we're going to see a few less films than we usually do. We're going to attend the 48 hour Ants V48 movie making marathon or whatever the fuck you call it. Basically, we go along, they give us a genre a character name prop and a line of dialogue
0: Character trait And recently a camera move Or a special
1: effect And we got 48 hours To create a short film And what we figured is Since we bitch on and on About what everybody else does wrong Me and Corey are going to have a crack at it And then you guys can laugh at us
0: Exactly I read something interesting about it the other day There's a filmmaking competition in like Texas And Houston The city of Houston Which I think probably has more than New Zealand And 30 people enter 30 teams enter New Zealand has 800 And something sick There's a weird anomaly Kiwis love to enter this competition. Nearly everybody knows somebody that's... And it done something Helped seen the crew It's insane It'll be good fun
1: It does create a slight problem though Because there's a couple of cool things Coming up at Academy Especially over the weekend And actually at a few cinemas The Spanish Film Fest the Spanish Film Fest coming up Bitches Starts this week I'm here to give you my top 5 uh, Beautiful But spell wrong be Beautiful Some weird By your terms yes This is one that Javier uh, Bardem was up for Best Actor I love that guy man Vicky Cristina No Country for Old Man c and so, uh, you, you like that guy, right?
0: Yeah, he's all good.
1: Uh, this is about him. He's dying of cancer. He, he works in the underworld. He's supporting two kids. His wife's fucking mental and attacking him all the time. It's, apparently, it's pretty depressing. Cell 211. This is about a prison riot, and a guard decides to act as another prisoner to, like, get away from the violence. I think it's about two struggles. One, the guy who's leading the riot, and one, the guard who's snuck in and pretending to be a prisoner. But apparently is gritty, beautiful, all that shit you want in a film. Yeah. Sounds brilliant. Kidnapped from the same producers. I don't know if that matters, really, but because this is a totally different type of film. Same producers as what? As Cell 211. Oh, really? This is a home invasion thing. It's like Funny Games, The Strangers, Eden Lake, all those. This is about a, a couple that go to it They're holiday home they get broken into by some fuckwits and here's a couple of things I want to read from twitch incredibly powerful impeccably crafted flawlessly performed bleak and uncomfortable yeah i want to see that yeah uh and rita this is probably a personal one for me because this is a hand-drawn animated thing <laughs> it's set in havana 1948 it's a cursed relationship between a piano man and a sultry songstress a cartoon for adults i'm watching it black bread is about a peasant kid who witnesses a, a horse and cart driving along the path yep. someone jumps out and there's a massive slaying he runs back and tells the village nobody believes him so so he decides to do the investigation on his own. It's an investigation with clues and mysteries and twists and turns. Yeah, I dig it. And shit from a young person's perspective. But apparently this film is even more brilliant than it sounds because it's mixed up between you follow what the kid thinks he's learned, whether that's true or not. Nice. Thank you. Anything you want is one where the mother dies in an accident. Four-year-old daughter can't handle it. So here's my guess, and you guys can call me up in three weeks' time and tell me I was totally fucking way off base. But here's what I think happens: mother dies, daughter can't accept it, so father takes up both roles with Mrs. the help Dad of the I think it's a dark thriller. But yes, he, yeah. Wow. That's called Anything You Want. One World Square is about a boy, they find a murdered boy in the woods. And the band he was in decides to take revenge. Yep. There you go, man. That's a... That's a
0: best of the pick for Spanish Film Fest.
1: Same week as Spanish Film Fest is one of my favourite Spanish movies of all time. Because I've seen a whole five of them. (laughs) My number one out of those five is Talk to Her. Hablé y Cornea. (laughs) Who knows? Talk to her. Pedro (coughs) Almodovar. This is an amazing film. I'm going to try and sum it up. Tell me if you think this is interesting. Yep. It's about a nurse dude who looks after comatose chicks. One of the ones he's looking after, he falls in love with. Plus... The girl who shares his room is a famous chick bullfighter and her boyfriend, who is prone to crying as often as he can, kind of lives in the room to watch over her. And it's about the friendship between the creepy nurse boy and the boyfriend. It's weird weird and twisted. Alma is one of the best filmmakers alive today. And this is one of his best films. 2002.
0: When is it? Where is
1: it? Academy has got two screenings on the 24th of May. Tuesday. 5.30 and 9.30. Ten bucks. I'll go to that. Academy's kicking <laughs> ass at the moment. They, they've got all their comedy months still going on. They've got Spaceballs, Benny and June and shit still happening. But uh, they've chucked in Viva Las Vegas onto That's the Elvis Yeah Movie That's in their rotation now um, Black Swan's come back For some reason Ooh. But I wanted to talk about A double feature they got Coming up on the 21st Saturday Of May Saturday the 21st of May
0: Slight like in the middle Of 40 hours film comp
1: So we won't be there No <laughs> But dicks who are Less cool than us And aren't making A film of their own Should go and watch A couple of very awesome films Tell your children Which most people Know as Reeferman madness oh, is yeah. a it's like a 70 minute tale of some kids who get into smoking pot and then start committing murders and stupid bullshit it's full of amazing acting like acting like you've never seen before ridiculous dialogue that will make you piss your pants totally worth watching Cold classic yeah devil girl from mars is uh, apparently mars has run out of males so they send a chick down dressed head to toe in this leather and this massive square robot to land in London and steal a bunch of men. But because of the fog, they land in the Scottish Highlands. And so it's about this small inn, like four people are staying at this small Scottish inn dealing with this UFO, a dominatrix. <laughs> And a cardboard robot. It's amazing. It was made in like 1954 or some shit. It's fucking hilarious. I've seen I can witness how brilliant it is. Reefer Madness and Devil Girl from Mars. Did you ever see Frogville? No.
0: I think it's about a futuristic world where no males are left. So they, they fight ravenous women tribes and shit. Was, uh, <coughs> so that's an
1: academy yep Viva Las Vegas Black Swan a double feature of Reef of Madness and Devil Girl from Mars Talk to Her coming up on the 24th they got heaps of shit on bro plus you and me we got to catch up with that fucking Frankenstein this fucking week Our, the two people who listen to the show are gonna lynch us they will we've been promising it for about four weeks now and it's the final show coming up in a couple of hours we actually gotta watch it. Film society this week is Le Dulos, 1962. Le Dulos is apparently the name of a type of gangster hat. It's pretty unclear in the trailer. The English folk call it, um well for a number of years they called it the finger man. And it's about a dude who he just gets out of jail, he commits a murder, steals some jewels, and then tells his buddy. But unfortunately, his buddy is known for being a finger man, a narc, an oh, right. informant. But it's the director of Le Cirque La Rouge, yep. and it's starring the guy from Breathless and stuff. So it's classic French. You can't get more classic than this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, no, look, I mean, seriously, that's enough. <laughs> There's so much in Oakland.
1: I was thinking of talking some more. Do you, do you want me to talk some more? We'll probably call it. They probably do. No, <laughs> nah, fuck it, that's episode 12. <laughs> Cory. I'm not. Nig- Goodbye. <laughs>